You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is sponsored by Clean Juice, a certified organic nutrition and wellness bar with more than 100 locations in development in 16 states. Learn more at cleanjuice.com. Welcome to episode 37 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Michaela Hooper. I'm Jess Biondo. And I'm Tia McNelly. This week on the show, we're so excited to have Cheryl Luckett. She is the creator of Dwell by Cheryl, uh, which is a fabulous interior design company. I love the way that this woman lives out her faith through her company and the way that she makes her work ministry. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved her. And you will hear how her her journey of getting to do something that um, she's passionate about took time and it took like, it took effort and energy and thought and strategy. Yeah. But um, it's, it is, you will be challenged by her process and also encouraged. So mm-hmm. without further ado, share a look at. Hey, Cheryl, welcome to The Collected Podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, Before we get started with your story, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about your current business, and then we'll back up to talk about how you got there. Okay. I am the principal designer and owner of Dwell by Cheryl Interiors, which launched January 1st, 2012. Um, It's a small residential boutique interior design firm in the Charlotte area. Um, It's myself and a design assistant, and we help people love where they live. Mm, I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. And you said it's called Dwell? Dwell by Cheryl. Love it. I love it. So let's go back a little bit because you've had a long journey to where you are today. Yes, I have. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your upbringing and your faith journey? Sure. So I I grew up in the church. Um, I don't ever remember a time not being there. That's from awesome. Sunday school to vacation Bible school and everything in between. Um, I accepted Christ at the age of 12 oh, wow. in 1988. It was a Thursday night at Spring Revival. Nice. Wow. <laughs> and I remember it because um, it was a decision that, and at least in my church, they, they taught the kids to really take seriously. And I remember deliberating on whether I was really ready. Like it just, it, it wasn't, simplified in the way that I think it is now, which, which I like. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, I remember having to like come to grips with what I didn't want to do it and not be ready. Wow. Um, and you're so mature at 12. Right. It it was a big deal. I probably would have done it sooner had it, had they not like really made it this thing that you need to know for sure that you, you believe. And so I took it very seriously. So it's like itched in my memory. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. And so then did you stay close with the Lord through your whole life since then? I, I did. I'm, I'm a rule follower and <laughs> I color in the lines and I'm a bit of a type A and respect authority. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> growing up in that environment, they said it, it was, you know, I was fed in a way that helped to guide my decisions. And honestly, 
I don't have one of those um, dramatic stories mm-hmm. where I fell away. And honestly, I used to feel a little guilty about that. You're the one but, that gives us hope for the next generation. <laughs> so I realized, though, that my, my story is that he kept me from so yes. much. Yeah. Um, so even in college, I, I was the girl at church on Sunday. In college. I I, as a matter of fact, I think I was in the high schoolers ministry as a college kid. Wow. Um, serving. So, yeah, That's I, have a, I have a long history with the Lord. <laughs> I love that. And so, you know, you said you were kind of type A rule follower. Um, I know that you have had an interesting career path and you took a couple of sharp turns in there. Maybe you can give us a look at that because I know that there's one particular point in your um, in your career path that you said you had a pretty type A plan. Yep. So give us kind of a picture of how you've developed your career. So um, I've always been a creative. Um, I think I've known that since the very beginning. But like many others, I was steered in a in a more practical career path. Mm-hmm. My mom, my parents are educators. So my mom was a high school guidance counselor. And... Um, you know, when it came down to pick a career, I, I had my ideas and I was kind of maybe pointed in a different direction. Yep. And so I took the more practical route and became a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. And so it's a credential I still hold today because I worked really hard for it. And, <laughs> and you always need a plan B. <laughs> so <laughs> I um, started work at, at a large corporation in food service management. And so it was really a dream job for a dietitian. I worked in it for about 10 years. I traveled. I basically planned school meals, trains, uh, school lunch staff on you know USDA regulations and I was there when we took the fryers out and made school lunch healthier the whole thing and so it was it was great but I never really had a passion mm-hmm. for it um, I did it I did it well I liked it I made great money but I did it didn't light me up and so that was good for about 10 years and then I think I was getting mid 30s and I was like what am I doing you know I was getting tapped for other opportunities at the company I'm like do I want to be like do I want to stay here and climb this ladder or do I want to do something else and so I started to like pray about what that might be and I was led to a mentor who um, had a position in the same company in HR which would allow me a little bit more flexibility So I took it. And so I came off the road and started working in diversity and inclusion at this company. And that gave me some breathing room Mm -hmm. for some hobbies, for a little bit more work-life balance. And so I just started to dabble. Um, It seems like that. It's interesting to me. You must have really been busting it in your your dietitian role because it seems like diversity and inclusion in HR could have been really stressful. Well, that diversity was something that I was involved with in the company already, okay. kind of as an extracurricular. Got it. They had committees. I was, you know, yeah. involved in that space. Yeah. But that wasn't my role. Okay. So it was a it was a smooth transition. It That's was something good. that was, you know, in like I was passionate about anyway. So I just made that that leap, that transition mm-hmm. there. Um, just again to get a little bit more balance. Mm-hmm. And so I, I with the extra time, I decided, you know what, I think I'll take a class. I love design. I had bought my first single family home. Um, people were coming over and saying, you should be doing this for a living. And I was like, y'all are crazy. Isn't it funny how people speak into our purpose? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you hear it over and over again, you're like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I put my toe in the water and I said, I'll just take a little class at the community college. What could it hurt? 
And um, I met a girl there who was like 18, fresh out of high school. And she was like, you should start a blog. I'm like, what the, what in the world is a blog? I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> so I listened to her and I started a blog. And that meant I needed a name for the blog, which meant I needed to register with the name, which mm-hmm. meant, well, if I was going to have a blog, I wanted to like promote it. I needed a logo and a blog designer because remember type A. You opened that can of worms. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. And before you knew it, I had a business. So um, people started to read the blog and reach out. And so for about two years, I side hustled. I went back, you know, I continued to take classes. I got clients. Um, It started to kind of snowball. And it was it was becoming apparent that I was going to need to make some decisions again. Like, wow. what am I doing? Am I like, what is this? Is this a hobby or is this could this possibly be a career? So I decided that, you know, I, I, I got to pray about this. This is a big decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a single girl. I've got bills to pay, mortgage, you know, car note, the whole nine. Um, and I, I can't see myself leaving this perceived security here at this corporate entity where I have direct deposit hitting once a month. <laughs> um, so the Lord had to work on me in that area. And um, I, I made the, the decision that I would take 36 months. I even gave it a name, <laughs> Project 36. Yes. And that was my 36 months exit strategy out of corporate. Wow. So that's amazing. So yeah, that that type A process, Project 36. <laughs> I would love for us to dive deeper into that because you know, I'm I'm married and I get a lot of people who ask me, Tia, how did you end up doing what you're doing right now? Mm-hmm. And and I got it a lot when I was working in Kenya full time too. And and my answer was always, Thank God for my husband who's supportive and funds my passion. Yeah. But as a single woman, I really want other single women to believe and know that it's possible for them to follow their dreams and to pursue their passions. So tell us what that looked like for you. So obviously, a lot of my angst around leaving um, my day job was financial Mm -hmm. because I was the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. Um, So I needed to get comfortable with having some things, some safeguards in place. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first stop was, okay, I, I need a financial plan. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't really know what I'm doing. I mean, I, I, I've got this money coming on a regular basis, but should I be redirecting it somewhere? Do I need, I had no idea. So, um, I reached out to a financial planner who I went to literally at the beginning of this 36 months and said, I want to leave my job in three years. What do I need to be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is how much I make, this is who I owe, this is what my bills are. And she literally laid out a 36 month plan. And she said, if you're leaving, we can do this, but this is what you're going to need to do. And so, um, having that accountability was critical. Mm -hmm. So once that was in place, I, you know, started to say, okay, well, that's the financial end of it. You know, from an education standpoint, I was in school and honestly, I started school just as a little, you know, thing to do on the side, fell in love with it. One class led to another before I knew it. I was in the program. And so um, 
I real I worked it out that if I continued, and I literally took one class at a time, if I continued, I would be finishing up at the end of this 36 months. See, that's how the Lord works. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, I had this plan for finances and now for education. And so I'm like, okay, from a business standpoint, from a branding standpoint, what do I need to have in place? And so I wanted to, I wanted the phone to be ringing mm-hmm. when I left. Yeah. So what do I need to do to get my name out there to, you know, really stay in front of people? So I, you know, I had a strategy around marketing and promotion so that people knew who Dwell by Cheryl was before I left my, my job. Very smart. So that was a part of it. Um, and then, of course, I had um, my day job could finance my side hustle. So I started to make investments, mm. you know, whether that was going to business conferences uh, in design, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking time off, taking my vacation days to go to High Point Market or, or uh, design conferences just so I could meet people, connect mm-hmm. while I could afford to do it. Mm-hmm. And so all of that really helped to position me at the end of that 36 months to where, don't get me wrong, it was still terrifying. It's terrifying to this day. Yes. But I had a level of comfort that said, look, you've done, you, you heard from God, you've done all the things. There's nothing left to do but leap. I mean, wow. That's, yeah. That's yeah. It. And I feel like sometimes we, we can surpass the planning and the strategy and want to just leap. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not always what it looks like. Yeah. Sometimes it is. We've interviewed guests who that is their story, yep. that, that they just took the leap and got provided. But sometimes God's plan is yep. to put a strategy in place. And mm-hmm. so I think that that is really helpful to just hear um, hear the way that we can we can be purposeful in the way that we exit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Yeah. And it, that it really was, uh, it was a God move. Like I heard thirty six months from him. Like I prayed, wow. what, wh- how, what, what? I, I don't know. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So, so there was some resistance from me. There was some. I, he had to work on me. But that thirty six, I knew. Mm-hmm. Th- I knew the drop dead date beyond a shadow of a doubt was December thirty first, twenty sixteen. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's great. And in those thirty six months, were there any surprising doors that God opened? that just blew you away or helped sustain you because working a full-time job plus getting your training and going to school Mm -hmm. and building your side hustle, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels exhausting. And were there any ways that God just sustained you through that, that blew you away? I think for me, there were markers all along the way. And that kept me going. It also um, reconfirmed that I was headed in the right direction. Mm. I mean, there were so many little, like, again, I'm working full time somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to school at night and I'm, you know, I'm in magazines with people who do this, have been doing this for a decade and do it full time. So I'm like, how how am I even here? Yeah. How am I? This doesn't even make sense. So there's no other explanation than than this is God. Yeah. Favor. Um, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, people were calling. I had a waiting list because I could only take on one client at a time. I had to go to school and I had to go to work. So... I would say I have a waiting list, you know, I, it's it's going to be months before I can probably get to you. And they'd be like, okay, put us on the list. Oh, wow. 
like, wow. Okay. So people were lining up. Well, that was that just further confirmed you're going in the right direction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, brands started to reach out. I, I had early on, I had a partnership with the Habitat Restores in the Charlotte metro area, which really kind of um, helped to solidify my brand and kind of put me on the map as a business mm-hmm. very early on. So I became like a spokesperson for them. I would, you know, make news appearances uh, on days off. <laughs> um, so it was it, it, all of those little markers just helped me to know, um, yep, you're going in the right direction. We are so grateful to be partnered with Clean Juice as our sponsor for the Collected Podcast. And let me tell you, Collected basically survived on Clean Juice last week at Collected Camp. It's true. Mm-hmm. We, we did. We had the green wash salads almost every day. Mm-hmm. And on Friday of last week, we got to try the pink, the new pink cold-pressed juice. It's yeah. dragon fruit and lemon. And it is, it's so tart, but mm-hmm. it's so refreshing and tasty. Mm -hmm. And it's so pretty to look at. It is. It's a very (laughs) bright pink. But those green wall salads are so filling. Mm -hmm. You get so much food. It's such a great deal. I was surprised at how full I was. We could have really split them. Yeah, we really could have. Yeah, and they have a great um, combo deal where you can get a green wall salad and a cold-pressed juice for less than the price of two juices. I think Mm -hmm. it's like, what, like 15 bucks? I'm not sure. Anyways, it's a good yeah. deal. You can get in the app and see the pricing for all their items, all their new products, and the summer menu that's just out recently. Mm-hmm. My favorite green wall bowl was the Popeye. That's the one I got every day. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the green 14. Same. Oh, that mm-hmm. one looked really good too. Yeah. So, so check them out. Yeah. Get refreshed this summer with your clean juice drink and salad. I think it's so important to remind people to take the time to acknowledge those markers. I think we get so busy that we don't acknowledge like, oh, wait, that is God's provision. Mm -hmm. That is Him reminding me you're on the right path. Keep going. Hold the course. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And then since the 36 months have ended, Mm -hmm. what doors has God opened for you now? Girl, I I can't even tell it all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know... After that, after being obedient, I mean, the floodgates really opened. Yep. I, yeah. All It, it was kind of like he was waiting on me to make that step. And once <laughs> I made that step, he's like, okay, now I can show you what I, what I had for you. Um, people ask, I, I launched my first um, licensed product line last October. Which is gorgeous. Thank you. Oh, my so word. We have a five-piece furniture collection with Sylvester Alexander, a... Um, family-owned furniture business in Hickory, North Carolina. And, I mean, that opportunity, people are like, well, did you always want to design products? I'm like, I, no, not, it was not anywhere. <laughs> on my, like, I had no idea. Like, what? like, I just started this business full-time two years ago, and my phone is ringing about you know, wanting to partner with me to develop furniture. I'm like, well, oh, oh okay. So just, you know, there's been so many things Um National magazine features, um, show houses with some of the you know best designers in our area. I, I often find myself it's it's gotten to be so much the norm. I don't even question it anymore. Like how how am I even in this room? Mm-hmm. Like how am I at this table? I had yeah. a really big designer from Atlanta. I was at a traditional home dinner um, a few months ago, and she. She, I don't think she meant anything by it, negative, but she asked me, so how did you get here? 
I ask people that sometimes. Like, how did you end up here? Yeah. Yes. And I knew what she meant because I had the same question. And I literally, before I could even think about my response, I told her, the Lord. Good. I mean, yeah. That's how I got here at this table with you, the big designer yeah. from Atlanta. Wow. I got here because of the Lord. Mm-hmm. We just had our um, our collected camp last week, and one of our main themes was helping these girls understand that they already have a seat at the table, that they belong at the king's table. Yep. And at the king's table, everything is available, favor, provision, opportunity, abundance in all forms. Right. And yeah, I love watching or you know hearing you tell your story of of sitting at the table and believing you belong. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's amazing. It's it's been a wild journey. (laughs) So, so right now, like currently today, this week, what's the Lord working on you with right now? What's Holy Spirit speaking to you about? So, you know, one of the things being, being a daughter of the King and having been so since, since really the beginning, you, you get real comfortable with, your beliefs and the Bible and, um, you know, the, those, the familiarity of church and religion. It, mm-hmm. It's one thing to believe something, and it's another thing to be placed in a position where there is nothing else. So for me, this leap has completely upgraded my faith nice. level, right? You know, faith without works is dead. So it, it, it's great to be in a position where, you know, God is providing through a um, um, a job or a, a company. But it's, it's a completely different thing to not know where your next is. Yeah. You know, where it's coming from, how it's going to come, how big is it going to be, when... It's a whole different level. So oh, yeah. I feel like I've kind of graduated. I'm in the MBA <laughs> <laughs> for faith. Um, so that's still, it's a process though. Because yeah. I literally have to talk myself out of, off the ledge sometime mm-hmm. because I start to worry and yeah. my type A-ness starts to take over and mm-hmm. I pull out the spreadsheet and, you know, like, oh, shoot, you know, what's yep. going on and, and projecting out. And I I literally have to tell him, look, he's got it. This yep. all, He's always enough. Yep. So I think that's something that I'm still growing in that area. Mm-hmm. And that is by far yeah. the, the, the thing that the Holy Spirit is working that's most awesome. on. On a really different level, I think we see that a lot in the, that, that upgraded faith in the developing world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said before, I've done a lot of work in Kenya and the people that I work with um, don't literally day to day, meal to meal, know where their next is coming from. Just like you're describing, like I said, it's different, but it's, but it's the same. And it does upgrade our faith because we have to fully rely on him as our provider. Right. And I feel like it deepens our relationship with him because we, we come to trust him more. Yep. You know, once he's faithful, we know he will be. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Man, what a story, Cheryl. Yeah. (laughs) What advice would you have for someone who is, at that point of not feeling completely satisfied mm-hmm. in in what they're doing right now, and they are getting that itch that there's got to be something more, what would you say to them? Um, it, there's so many people who just go through the most. Like I, I came to a point where I, I, I can't. I, I don't think I can live like this. Mm-hmm. Like not being lit up by what I have to do day to day. 
because I was surrounded by people who were. I would go to the conventions with the dietitians and they would be so excited over the newest yogurt or <laughs> granola or flaxseed something another. And I I just could I could not relate. I wanted to. I was there. I looked the part. I, you know, all the things lined up except my heart was not mm. in it and it started to eat away at me inside. And then in diversity, the same thing. I cared about it. I, I, you know, I was proficient in it. I looked the part. I spoke the language, but it did not light me up. Um, so I think you have to you have to come to to the realization that if that's the the problem, you got to address it. Mm-hmm. Like I could have pushed it aside, and I could still be at that company, probably in a, a higher level position but still working on something that just did not give me, um, you know, that purposeful feeling mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't do it anymore. So if you, if you have those feelings, I'd say go with it. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. Mm-hmm. I started with taking a little class at the community college. Yeah. It wasn't a big thing. I didn't have any plans to, to quit my job at that point. I was just exploring Right. What other people had recognized in me and what I kind of knew on a deeper level was a passion. That's good. So, you know, one thing led to another. He led me where he wanted me to go. Yeah. So just being open to that. That's good. Mm -hmm. And I want our listeners to hear it's never too late. Yeah. You're never too established or too old or too like if you feel that in you and there's a hobby you want to pursue, even if it's just on the side and you don't end up quitting your day job. Like if there's something that feels life-giving, carve out some time for it and just see where the Lord could take it. Absolutely. And just I feel like I hear God saying there's a young person listening that needs to know that it's never too early. Ooh, no matter what path too. you're on, mm-hmm. no matter what you've said you're going to do, it's never too early to take a hard left or a hard right mm-hmm. and just completely change directions because you want to walk in obedience to where the Lord is taking you. Yeah. And, and to to the to the young people, to your point, I knew I knew early. Did you? I did. Wow. I, I ignored it. Um I let other people direct me. But literally in college, my room was the room that they toured prospective students through. Wow. It, it they would be like, Cheryl, we have a um, some people coming in. Could we could we bring them to your room? Sure. And I'd fluff it up, and you know, I literally would I'd collect my. This is long before Target and had a dorm line and all that stuff. Right. I would take up my uh, money from my um, roommate, and I would buy our comforters. My grandmother would make coordinating pillows and valances, and it, I was I was designing my dorm room. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so I knew, I knew, always knew that. That was kind of the realm I needed to be working in, yeah. but I, yeah, just didn't. It didn't seem attainable. Now, okay, kind of switching gears for a second. Where have you seen God open up doors for ministry in your mm-hmm. daily life mm-hmm. at work? Mm-hmm. So I left. So this was something I struggled with very early on because I was I was a dietitian, right? I could justify how this was meaningful work. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I'm sure. helping kids, especially in a kid. Yeah, I'm working with kids. You know, they they need healthy, nutritious foods, and I'm teaching them why they need them. Um, Diversity, I could kind of get behind that being sure. meaningful work, Absolutely. right? People with equal access to opportunities and equality. Totally. Um, design was reached for me. Mm. I'm like, how is this meaningful work? Like, it's, you know, pillows and drapes, right? <laughs> Seriously, this, this is going to be my life's purpose. And um, 
I it was I was we were in a Sunday school class where we were reading Rick Warren's uh, Purpose Driven Life, and this is kind of when I wrestled with that. Like, this is not can't be like my calling. Like, it's got to be more than this. <laughs> um, and then I came to realize that wait wait a minute. Like, I still remember the Raggedy Ann and Andy uh, paintings that were on my childhood uh, walls. The yellow and white. Um, comforter, or excuse me, bedspread that we had, the twin bed, like it was, that was my haven. I grew in that space. I learned in that space. I was creative in that space. Mm-hmm. It it fostered who I am today. So wait a minute, if I'm doing kids' rooms, for example, the same is true for them, right? So I'm cultivating a space where they can grow and learn and be creative and plant seeds of so for their future. Then, you know, if I'm doing bedrooms, okay, and for a couple, like this is where their relationship is, it grows and yeah. is nurtured, right? Yeah. If I'm doing a living room, like this is where families come to. So I really became comfortable with the fact that this is very meaningful work. Oh, yes. yes, it's a luxury service that not everybody has access to. But when I leave a house, their home, their life is better than when I came. And I'm guessing it's probably pretty prayed up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, and I hear that. I, the more I work I did, the mm-hmm. more I heard stories of, oh my gosh, you don't know. We mm-hmm. we don't even want to leave home anymore. I can't wait to get home from work. So I'm like, I'm creating a restorative place where yes. these people feel safe. And no, yeah, so yeah, That's definitely. So it's God's work. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Cheryl. What a treat it has been to have a, ch- a chance to talk to you and get to know you a little bit. Thank we're you. so, so glad that you came. And we're going to um, list links, listeners, to all of Cheryl's work in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So you guys will have access to all that. And um, wow, what a delight. Thanks for coming. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Wow, Cheryl is such an incredible woman. I'm so inspired by her dedication to a plan and a strategy um, to her being able to finally follow God and, and, and pursue her passion. Man, when she, was, when she was talking about providing those nurturing spaces for individuals and couples and families and kids, um, and I thought about her just carrying what she has and carrying the Lord's presence into those spaces, it reminded me of this last week at Collected Camp when um, I was I was telling the girls about the fact that they carry heaven wherever they go, and they deposit a little piece of heaven in every single environment. And when I was done speaking, our friend Amanda, who's home from Guatemala, whispered in my ear, it reminds me of bees like pollinating flowers and dropping pollen everywhere. And I immediately remembered that she or that some of the mugs that we gave to our speakers as thank you gifts said, you're the bee's knees. So I looked it up and I found out that some species of bees carry pollen on their knees. <laughs> and so it made me think so differently about the phrase, you are the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. We are each the bee's knees, mm-hmm. not only because we're extraordinary in the way that, that God created us, but in the way that we carry heaven and drop heaven wherever we go and we cause things to bloom and blossom and grow. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Cheryl, when you listen to this, you are the bee's knees, girl. Yeah. And listeners, you are all the bee's knees. That's right. Yes. And we are all the... I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But something that Cheryl said that really stood out to me was um, 
perceived security. And mm-hmm. that's what she like almost deemed her her job. Like when she was at a point where she was looking to transition, she said it was perceived security. Mm, that's good. And I thought, wow, like that is so powerful to like the way that she called it. Mm-hmm. I was I was like, wow, like perceived security. What we can what we think of um being security may not actually be security. And God took her through that process of recognizing that her job was providing security that in a way that actually she needed to release and she wow. needed to transition into a um a trust and a security in the Lord that maybe she hadn't actually like mm-hmm. fully owned. She said she graduated, you know, like upgraded her she faith. She upgraded her faith, you know? <laughs> and um I just thought that was so cool to like to hear her process and also be challenged by it yeah. because I know I place I place my security in some things that are actually not meant to be my security. So true. So um, you know, listeners, I hope that you find great rest um, as you you know finish up listening today. That you'll just find great rest in the Lord, who mm-hmm. is your security. Mm-hmm. So that's good. All right, guys. Well, we will meet you back here next Thursday. Please make sure to subscribe. Make sure you share. Make sure you review and rate. rate. (laughs) Five stars, please. Please. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you. See you next time. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. Find the Collected Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Collected Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. Support for the Collected podcast is provided by Clean Juice. Learn more at cleanjuice.com and be sure to check out their lifestyle arm at wellhappyandkind.com. Podcast recorded by Jacob Early, music by Asaf Alon.